This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm very happy you found us and I want to thank all of our repeat customers. We feel we have the best sports cast in Rhode Island and with college basketball up and running, we're happy to see our downloads coming from fans all around the country. Today I'd like to say something about the current state of the world, or more specifically, the college basketball world. If you listen to Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski and his ex-player and often mouthpiece Jay Billis, We shouldn't be playing college basketball right now. They correctly say a pandemic is raging, and asking college kids to play, practice, and travel during a pandemic is problematic, if not unfair. While this argument has merit, it also owns a simple answer. You don't have to play. If Coach K isn't comfortable coaching his team and traveling in a private plane to play Syracuse or Florida State, then he doesn't have to. Duke can simply say, we're not playing and shut it down for the season. The thing is, it's not about Coach K or Jay Billis or Kevin McNamara. It's about the players. The NCAA has already given every player, or student-athlete, a bonus season. If they choose to opt out, their eligibility isn't impacted in any way going forward. Well, guess what? Not many players have opted out. Many, many have tested positive for COVID-19, and their teams have been put on pause. That's unfortunate but also the way we can move on with our lives during this awful time. The fact that 20-year-olds seem to be able to recover from this virus with few symptoms makes it safe to play these games, or safe enough. That's what the medical professionals are telling us, not the Coach K's of the world. We all have choices to make during this pandemic. We do not have to play basketball or coach basketball. And by the way, where is the outcry to shut down big-time college football? Is it just because the moral high ground exists in basketball and not football? That doesn't make much sense. Has Coach K publicly said Duke football shouldn't be playing? If so, I missed it. In the meantime, let's try to stay healthy, mask up, cope with the inevitable pauses, and fight through this pandemic. There are discussions among conference commissioners about a national pause over the holidays. This is healthy. Keep evaluating. Keep looking for answers. Oddly, there is zero talk of not playing the college football championship, and only a few of the 35-plus other bowls have chosen not to play. What do you make of that? It looks to me like the players, the student-athletes, do want to play. We need to do our best to make that happen. On this week's 401 podcast, we welcome back Ed Cooley. His Providence Friars are 4-2 and two after a big win at TCU, and are preparing to host Xavier in the Big East opener for both teams Saturday at Alumni Hall. The Friars have their holes, for sure, but with David Duke and Nate Watson leading the way, they will not be an easy out this winter. It's clear that Cooley has enough new and young pieces in his rotation to keep improving and scratch that big-time upside with this team. We're welcoming in once again Coach Ed Cooley. Ed, uh, just back from Fort Worth, Texas, Uh, I really appreciate you checking in. A lot for having me on, as always, Kevin. Appreciate it. You've played six games. Uh, they went by really quick. <laughs> it's, it seems as if we were just getting started with Fairfield, but the Friars are four and two. If you had to assess where you guys are right now, strangely heading into Big East play, what do you think about the non-conference portion of the schedule? Well, you know, I mean, where we're 
where I thought we would be maybe a little bit behind, uh, a little bit more behind. It goes quick. You know, it's very unconventional to play conference games this early. You know, I think the more we're practicing, the more we're developing a rotation and identity. Just a lot of film, uh, a lot of preparation on film. We just need more games under our belt to continue to build some continuity and rhythm amongst the group. Ed, take the fans into what you would do with, say, uh, Jared Bynum. Uh, Jared was here all last year, uh, you know, learned under some really good seniors, but hasn't had to play. Now he's not only playing, he's playing, you know, arguably the most important position at point guard and has been inconsistent, bailed you out in, in, in an important win in Asheville. And yet now he has to step it up even more. What, what do you do with a Jared in film, for example, to get him ready for, for, for Big East play? Well, similar to what we did with Kyron. Kyron went through a really tough transition his sophomore year. You know, you saw Pip go through a really hard transition last year. And now he's going through the transition of, you know, just the accountability. Uh, you know, for, for Jared, it's, it's the pace. It's the length. It's the speed of the Big East. It's the daily grind. And what I have to do as the coach and our staff has to do as a staff is continue to instill confidence, you know, uh, get Jared to toe the line on, you know, he's taking instead of, you know, the 23-footers, he's taking 26, 27-foot jump shots. So, you know, that, that, that extra four feet makes a big, big difference. Hmm. And then trust his teammates a little bit more in penetration. You know, I think he's like 26 to 5 on assists, which is probably, you know, one of the best in the country. We just got to continue to tell him, shoot the ball, we trust him. And, you know, work with his development. But it's not a situation where you go south on him and you're negative. I think you continue to feed him. It's okay. We're learning. We're growing. And we use him and David as both. We play with two point guards. And then we bring Breed in. We play with a third point guard. There's so much to build on. I'm I'm actually very impressed with Jared because of his assist-turnover ratio. Uh, Scoring is a different story. And maybe this won't be a, you know, 15-point-a-game uh, scorer like like a Cartwright, like a Pipkins, but as far as running your offense, you have to be very happy with with where you are there. I'm very happy with where we're at. You know, you know, we got to, you know, all of us got to get better defensively guarding the ball. So in practice, we've been really doing like a lot of one-on-one closeouts or you know, two on two skip pass closeouts. You know, if you can't guard the ball in college basketball first individually and then collectively, and then have some principles to the way we want to guard. It's going to be long nights because the play people are playing against are really good. When it's all said and done, Jared Bynum will be a double-digit scorer. He's just got to learn how, where, where he can get his shots, getting in transition a little bit more, uh, playing off the pick and roll. Uh, that position's never not been a double-digit scorer for us since we've been at Providence. Got it. Just following up on what you said, I, I, I do think that we have a chance here to inform fans and, and get them up to speed a little bit more on how you guys do it. You say guard the ball. Most people would say, oh, oh that, that's one-on-one defense. It's really in college. Isn't it just as much help defense as one-on-one defense? Because, as you said, these offensive players are just so talented. Absolutely, and I think you hit it on the head, Kevin. It is your guy that has the ball, but one guy guards the ball. All five people have to defend the basket. So, yeah, it's one-on-one, but you got your ball, you got your gap, and you got your help. The ball scores. The other four guys don't. The only thing that scores is the ball. So we got to have heavy concentration on that and then really pay attention to scouting report on what your personnel can and can't do. And, you know, that's what this team is really trying to learn. And that's something that we've been very fortunate to have with an older group last year and then the year before 
what guys knew exactly what an opponent was going to do and what their strengths were. No, you're right. I think you were a very strong help defense team last year. Just think about the guys who would who would be able to step in. Obviously, Khalif would probably be at the very top of that protect-the-basket type role. We want to take a break from the podcast and tell you all about the big things happening with our friends at Haxton's Liquors. Thanksgiving was a big hit at Haxton's, and now it's all about Christmas and the new year. And Haxton's is ready for you down at Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Stop in and visit my friends Tim and Bobby Haxton at Haxton's Liquors. Their employees are ready to serve you with Rhode Island's largest selection and lowest prices. It's been that way since 1933. Haxton's does an excellent job with social distancing and air filtration in their giant store. So mask up and stop in and say hello to the Haxton's. We're thrilled that they are proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. Ed Pace. It was funny, you know, we have all these analytics now that I'm sure some guys in your staff really enjoy and others think are a hogwash. I'm coming around, I will say that. And your pace early on was one of the slowest in the country. And then I looked in the quadrant where you were and several other teams with great records and in the top 25 were in a slower pace. How quick can this team play and is that even important? Yes and no. And it all depends on what your philosophy is. And again, our number one philosophy when we play is if we can't score it early in transition, whether it's a make or miss, in particular on misses and turnovers, we want to score it in the first three to five seconds of the shot clock on misses and, uh, and turnovers. If we can't, we want to execute our offense and score late because we want you to defend. You know, you know, we want to try to wear you down with screening, with passing, with cutting. You know, So that's kind of been my philosophy since I've been a head coach. If we can't score it early, and we can't get early transition and score off our defense, Let's grind them up, let's set some screens, and let's get the ball to our players in their sweet spot where they're comfortable. It's Big East time. It's crazy. Xavier's coming in. I've seen Xavier several times because, obviously, they've been on TV an awful lot. I think they've played seven games, which is amazing. They're almost halfway home to the NCAA number of 13. Uh, Struggled a few times, went to overtime a few times, and then last night they put together an unbelievable performance and knocked Oklahoma around really impressively. How much have you been able to watch other Big East teams because you've just been busy with your own start of the season here? Kevin, here and there, you know, I've watched Xavier probably three times but didn't concentrate on them. I just kind of was watching the way they played, how they played, the way they scored it. Um, Yet I watched them, you know, to about 4 o'clock this morning. Uh, Then I got up, you know, again, had some coffee and watched them again. We're going to go and sit down as a staff and talk about what we want to do to try to get a win. Uh, you know, coming off the road, we can't practice as hard today. But, you know, I, I've watched every single team play that has been able to play. I even watched Butler's first game in their only game. Hmm. You know, watched Connecticut's couple of games. Um, the league is really good. The league's really good. And uh, had an opportunity to watch Marquette with their two bigs. And, you know, they're playing a totally, totally different style than they did the last three or four years. So, you know, should be an exciting year for the Big East and all the teams that are participating. How about Creighton? Have you seen your friend uh, Greg McDermott yet? I did. I watched them against Kansas the other night. Great mm. game, great game, great college basketball game. Up and down, shots being made, uh, you know, credible talent. Zigorowski, uh, you know, Balick, you know, Bishop has made a big, big improvement. Mahoney. Yeah, you know, Jefferson, I mean, they got a good team. They got a really, really good team. A really good freshman they have, the seven-footer inside. He's going to be something to deal with over four years. So the Big East has a promising future with all the young talent that came in this year. Okay, we have to talk about the unsettling part. So 
Uh, Xavier on Saturday, UConn next Thursday. UConn is in a pause. Does your staff plan as if you're playing UConn next week? I think you have to. You know, I mean, you know, the doctors actually getting together in the next 48 hours to see because they would be on day 12 of a, of a pause. Right. And you're saying this new CDC is now 7 to 10 days. You know, how much do we as a school trust that? How You know, it's, it's a lot of moving pieces. Right now, obviously, we're concerned with Xavier and have to have the real conversation on the horizon because in seven days we're scheduled to play UConn here at Alumni Hall. You know, so there's a lot of unsettling thoughts there. But this is something that we talked about, Kevin, with uncertainty with the virus and being prepared to play, not play, you know, maybe play someone else in the league. I think all things are on deck when it comes to this virus. Uh, will it be a national pause that's being talked about right now? Don't know. We're just going to try to prepare for Xavier and then have the conversation with our medical staff on what's the best mental and physical health of Providence College. So you've played games in three states, Rhode Island, North Carolina, and, and now Texas. Knock on wood, virus-free. Has your group gotten used to exactly how they have to stay virus-free? And, and everything's been pretty smooth and positive for the Friars anyways. Well, knock on wood, you know, we, we're getting tested again today, then we'll be tested again tomorrow. We talk about washing our hands, wearing our masks, social distancing as much as we can, keeping our circle really, really tight. And I guess we've got to give the players, staff, uh, trainer, doctor, you know, a lot of credit for what we're doing. And hopefully we can continue to do it as it's been reported that the state of Rhode Island, uh, you know, we have the highest amount per capita of, of what's happening in the country. So we got to be very diligent in what we're of what we're trying to do. Circle real tight. Uh, there's no one on campus except for, is it men's and women's basketball, men's and women's hockey? Is that pretty much it? I believe so. We're really in our own little bubble over in the Ruane Center. We, we don't see anybody, really, just the women's basketball team, uh, like passing. David Duke, with the exception of maybe a, a half, three-quarters of the Indiana game where, where he just couldn't find you know his right rhythm, he's been outstanding. W- what more can Friar fans expect from, from David Duke? Uh, he has another level in him. Um, I, I've said this. I haven't seen a kid work as hard as him. I, I just haven't seen it. I mean, he's, I mean, he'll probably be in a gym when I'm pulling up now. We have to throw him out because he needs some rest. Um, you know, the staff is on me. They think he's playing too many minutes, and I disagree. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's in great shape. He, he's a 40-minute-a-game guy. If you recall, Bryce Cotton didn't come out of the game for a month. That's correct. You know, um, no, he's – you saw a big jump happening in Peru, to be honest with you, when we had the Pan American team. And I thought he made a big jump last year, arguably, which I can't believe. And, again, Gil, you give him a lot of credit for what he did defensively, and he had a couple of offensive explosions. But David was just as efficient. David was just as competitive. We finished a half game behind them in the standing. You know what I mean? Yes. We split head-to-head. And, again, I'm advocating for my guy because I thought he was more than deserving of that most improved player award. And now you see so many other players that are improving the Big East. He being one, Nate Watson being two, Christian Bishop, Fremantle. Uh, you got a lot of guys, Roden or Reardon from Seton Hall that have stepped up. Yep. So, you know, David is just a pleasure to coach. He's one of the best two-way players in the country, and I still think he got another level on him to be uh, ultra-successful. Really enjoying his development. 
Perfect. Ed, I really appreciate you calling in on, on the podcast, and uh, hopefully we can check in again before the holidays. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, brother. Thanks very much, Coach Cooley. PC is 4-2 and two heading into the Big East, and like the coach said, there aren't many softies in the conference right now. We wish UConn, Butler, and DePaul the best of luck getting their programs healthy and off their current pause situation. We need them all healthy and back as the holidays approach. That's it for this week's 401 podcast. Thanks, as always, to producer Kevin Collins and all of our listeners. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most. Shoot us a like and look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.